Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Dopperson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This Saturday evening is the 27th anniversary of the assassination of Yitzchak Rabin, Zichronoli Vracha. And I want to share with you a sermon that I delivered in the congregation at Beth Israel Congregation here in Ann Arbor on the Shabbat after Rabin's assassination. Yitzchak Rabin, of course, was assassinated after speaking at a peace rally in favor of compromise with Palestinians and the act of seeking out of a two-state solution. I know that a lot of people then and certainly now consider that that would be a failure at best or a threat to the existence of the state of Israel at worst. I understand that. And obviously, there have been many, many obstacles to the two-state solution from both sides over the years. It has not been a process that has come to fruition. And that's very sad. And it's very sad to me, especially as I record this before Israel's election, but every evidence is, every indication is, that there will be some influence in the government from very far-right racist parties and that is of great concern because while I understand the strategic concerns that people might have about a two-state solution, I don't understand at all how Israel as a Jewish state can tolerate the opinions of people and the perspectives of people who are racist against Arabs and who in fact have instigated and initiated violence or supported violence against Arabs. It just seems to me to be, to be paradoxical to talk about a Jewish state and not consider the ethical issues of the occupation or the demographic issues that stand in the way of Israel being a Jewish democratic state. So I admit that in reading it, this sermon, there's a bit of nostalgia and a bit of wishful thinking, but I think it's important to read to you because I believe that the spirit that Yitzhak Rabin brought to his final days, whether it was politically motivated or personally something he absolutely believed in, whatever, it started to set Israel on a course to address these ethical and demographic issues. And clearly, while there have been attempts since then, those have been few and far between, especially in recent years. So let me read the sermon as a reminder of those of us who still hope for that better day and who honor Yitzhak Rabin, Zichron Oli Vracha, and who know that the current course that Israel seems to be following is not one that is consistent with the values of seeking peace and of, and of the idea of the values of a Jewish state. We have been through a week of darkness, a darkness which now starts to give way to light as the week ends. The news of the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin Zichronoli Vracha came crashing into our minds and hearts. Too often in recent years, a tragic event has left us devastated. Too often we've shaken our heads and asked why. Too often we have cried and made no attempt to hide our tears. Too often we have been so shocked, but rarely have we been hurt by an incident so deeply. 
So much about this event was so tragic. It happened so suddenly. The perpetrator was a Jew. It happened at a peace rally, and it happened at such a crucial time in Israel's history. I found myself focusing this past week on one particular part of the tragedy, the man himself, Yitzhak Rabin. I always admired him. He always looked the part, the first Sabra to be prime minister, and one of the last to have that particularly Israeli gruff exterior and the pre-TV type of charisma. I always thought even before his granddaughter's poignant and touching words at, at his funeral that Rabin looked like everyone's Israeli Saba grandfather. When Israelis speak about Rabin, they say he was always there. He was a link between 1948 and the present time. He was always there. And speaking as a diaspora Jew, I feel that he was always there for us too, standing where most of us were standing and projecting just exactly what most of us were feeling. In 1967, we wanted to be there fighting for Jerusalem. We wanted a picture of Israel as strong, self-assured, and dominating, and Rabin was there leading the troops. In 1993, he shook hands with Yasser Arafat on the White House lawn, and each time I see the video of that moment, I see the same thing. He wanted to make peace, but not with Yasser Arafat. But there was no choice. He didn't want to shake hands, but he knew he had to do so, and he did, perhaps reluctantly, but still strongly. And then he turned to Shimon Peres, and you could see it in his eyes as, he, as if he was saying, shake this man's hand, Shimon, don't leave me out on the limb alone. And we all felt the same. We wanted peace, but the thought of smiling at Yasser Arafat was too much to bear. However, we knew it was necessary. And once there, we desperately wanted every Jew and every lover of Israel around us to agree so that we wouldn't be out there alone. And in 1995, he was there. Rabin was there standing on the stage singing Shir La Shalom, the song to peace. That song that was blacklisted because it, it said peace is not a dream but needs to start now. And no matter how uncomfortable it might have been for Yitzhak Rabin to sing those particular words, and no matter how unnatural it might have felt to him speaking to that particular gathering, he did it with class, and he did it with dignity, and he did it because he knew that his country needed peace to continue to develop and continue to thrive, and that these were the people who agreed with him and were willing to stand up and shout it out. And we were there with him, because so many of us know even more clearly than we did two years ago that despite the roadblocks and the apprehension, Israel needs peace to be the country she dreams of being. And that brings me to one last point. Of all the words I read this past week, none moved me as did the words of Thomas Friedman in the New York Times on Wednesday. In an essay entitled, How About You? Friedman wrote, quote, This is not a time for unity. This is a time for taking sides, and this is what Yitzhak Rabin was doing when he was shot. He was not muffling his voice or blurring his aims. He was taking a principled stand in favor of a historic compromise with the Palestinians. We do not honor Mr. Rabin, Friedman continued, by avoiding that choice. We honor him by making that choice. We honor him by helping in every democratic way possible to enlarge the Israeli majority in favor of peace with the Arabs because, as Mr. Rabin knew, that is the only hope for preserving a secure, democratic Jewish state. For everything there is a season, and this is the season of choices. Yitzhak Rabin made his. How about you? End of quote. And I continued on that Shabbat morning 
27 years ago. Even though I know in my heart, I've said it before, let me say it again from the Bima clearly. The best way to honor Yitzhak Rabin is to speak out loudly in favor of this peace process, which is Israel's best hope for survival. We owe this great man who paid the ultimate price for the risk he took to be forthright in our choices. Let us make them and say them clearly without rancor or bitterness. Let us speak our minds, whatever our choice is, but let me make my choice clear. My choice is for peace, and my choice is for this process to continue. May the memory of Yitzchak Barbin, Yitzchak ben Nechemia Verosa, be for a blessing. Those were the words I shared with the congregation. The prospect for a two-state solution. Some people say that that ship has sailed. It will never happen. And people on the right are just convinced that the status quo must continue. And people further on the left are talking about a one-state solution, a confederation or some arrangement of some kind. I know that the chances of a two-state solution are very minimal. But it still seems to me that if a way could be found to ensure the Palestinians the freedom and self-determination, every people's merit, and if that way could be found to make Israel secure within its own borders, that that would be the way that Yitzhak Rabin would have chosen and that's the way that I hope and dream of for the state of Israel and for the Palestinian people. As I said, I've recorded this before the Israeli election. If the indications are correct, the issue of a peace process with the Palestinian people is far, far from being on the agenda. And that is very sad indeed. Until next time, thank you.